Thank you. Will you pray with me before we begin? God, I love to tell the story of unseen things above, of Jesus and his glory, of Jesus and his love. I love to tell the story because I know tis true. It satisfies my longings as nothing else can do. I love to tell the story, more wonderful it seems, than all the golden fancies of all my golden dreams. I love to tell the story, it did so much for me. And this is the reason I want to tell it now to all of those gathered in this place. I love to tell the story, tis pleasant to repeat. It seems each time I tell it, more wonderfully sweet. I love to tell the story, for those who know it best, seem hungering and thirsting to hear it like the rest. And when the scenes of glory I sing a new, new song, t'will be the old, old story that I have loved so long. Thank you, God, for the story and for allowing it to change me. Thank you, God, that as we tell it, others can know the love that you have for us and the love that we share with one another. God, may it continue to transform us as we transform the world. In the name of the one who gives me hope, I ask that you set aside me and let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight. Oh God, who loves me and redeemed me. Amen. We're still at Easter, if you can believe it. I just thought about it. We spent six weeks of Lent. We're going to spend six weeks of Easter. It's just even. It works that way. And here we... Um, until today, our scripture lessons after Easter have still been talking about that last day of the resurrection. We've been on that. But this week, the lectionary takes us back to right before Jesus' death and burial and takes us to his final words that he spent and shared with his friends. So beginning in actually the 13th chapter of John's Gospel, Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart from the world and go to his Abba. And so he spent the next several chapters preparing his friends and his disciples for his upcoming death and resurrection. Our scripture passage for today falls right in the center of that particular discourse. It's as if Jesus were delivering the commencement address for the University of Israel at Jerusalem, if there were such a thing. In our social calendar, this is right where we find ourselves, smack dab in the midst of students preparing their last will and testaments for the final edition of their school newspapers. And just days and weeks before young adults all across the country prepare for their high school and their college graduations. We are even at the point where our favorite television shows are airing their season finales and leaving viewers with the dozens of I can't believe we have to wait to find out what happens until next season cliffhangers. Inquiring minds want to know, don't we? During this season finale, last will and testament, graduation sort of discourse, Jesus has, over the last few chapters, washed the disciples' feet, has shared the Last Supper with them, has predicted Peter's denial, reminded them to not let their hearts be troubled, promised them the gift of the Holy Spirit, and encouraged them to stay connected to the vine, which is, of course, God. But then in our scripture lesson for today, Jesus encourages the disciples to love one another, he says, as I have loved you. In this discourse, I would offer up for our consideration this morning that Jesus reminds them that love does three things. I told you I'm a Baptist and we always have three points, so here go your three points. I won't disappoint you anytime. First of all, love remains. Some versions in the Greek translate this word remain as abide. Jesus says, abide in my love. Dictionary.com suggests that abide means to endure, to sustain, or to withstand without yielding, to accept without opposition or question, 
or to pay the price or penalty for. Some years ago, a story is told on a hot summer day in South Florida. A little boy decided to go for a swim in the pond that was right beyond his house. And in a hurry to dive into and be refreshed by those cool waters, he ran out the back door leaving shoes and then socks and then shirt behind as he went along, leaving a trail behind him. But with reckless abandon, he flew into the water, not realizing that as he swam toward the lake, an alligator was swimming toward the shore. They were headed directly toward one another. His mother was in the house looking out the window, and from her wider perspective, she realized what was happening and saw the two paths drawing closer and closer together. In sheer and utter fear, but in desperate determination, she ran out toward the water, yelling at her son loudly so that he might hear her. And then upon hearing her voice and sensing the fear he heard within it, the little boy became alarmed and made a U-turn to come back toward the shore. But it was too late. Just as he reached his mother, the alligator reached him. From the dock, the mother grabbed her little boy by the arms just as the alligator snatched his legs. This began an incredible, tantalizing tug of war between the two. Obviously, the alligator was stronger than the mother, but the mother loved her son way too much and was much too passionate to let go, and she absolutely refused to. This was her little boy, and she wasn't about to give up her grip. She was remaining or abiding there with him no matter what the cost. Would you expect anything less of a mother? A farmer who happened to live nearby and heard the scramblings, heard the screams of the woman and her son and grabbed his rifle. He raced from his truck and headed toward that alligator who, much like the mother, wasn't letting go of his gargantuan grip either. The farmer took aim and shot the alligator, which fortunately allowed the mother to bring her son securely into her arms. Remarkably, after weeks and weeks in the hospital, the little boy was released and had survived. His legs, however, were extremely scarred by the vicious attack of this animal. His arms were marked with scars and deep scratches where his mother's fingernails had dug into his flesh in an effort for her to hang on to him and remain with the son that she loved. A newspaper reporter had come to, to talk to the little boy and interviewed him and asked about his trauma. And during that interview, he asked if the little boy would show him his scars. The little boy lifted up his pant leg. The, uh, the reporter sat in silence with his mouth gaped open and a look, with a look of horror on his face. And then after a few moments of such awkward silence, then with obvious pride, the little boy said to the reporter, but you really got to see my arms. I've got great scars on them too. I have them because my mother would not let go. His mother was showing her love by remaining with her son, regardless of the trauma he was experiencing, and despite what it may have cost her as well. Saints, isn't that what God does for us? Despite what befalls us, God remains present amidst our distress and holds on to us tightly. God, just like this mother, won't ever let us go. No matter what the alligator may be on the other side of that tug of war, whether it be a bad relationship alligator or the alligator of addiction or the alligator of some poor choices that we've made, God, in the midst of all my swimming with some alligators, has never let me go. Praise God. Yes, love remains. They, like the song just said, what the world needs now really is love, sweet love. Love that Jesus said remains. A love that abides. And then secondly, Jesus tells his disciples in John 15 that not only does love remain, 
but love sacrifices. Greater love hath no one than this, Jesus said, than a man lay down his life for her friends. While preparing this sermon, I was going to tell the story um, that was out of Oceanside, California after Mr. Alter's fifth grade class at Lake Elementary School made headlines when the boys in his class decided all by themselves to do something incredibly sacrificial. They each shaved their heads. They did so without any ounce of hesitation or void of any sort of embarrassment because one of their own, little Ian O'Gorman, had developed cancer and was going, undergoing chemotherapy treatments. As to be expected, his hair, Ian's hair began to fall out. So to make their friend feel at home less awkward and less obvious, all of his classmates, all the boys um, in his room, with their parents' permission, agreed to shave their heads. They did this so that upon his return, Ian would not stand out from the remainder of the class. No one would know who the cancer kid was, as each of them would have a bald head. Their teacher, Mr. Atler, was so moved by the spirit of his class that he too shaved his head. This is sacrificial love, perhaps at its best. But I have an even better story now as a result of this week. So you have three points but four stories. So I told them this morning you get extra credit. <laughs> you can't beat extra credit, right? As many of you are well aware, this past Tuesday, voters in my home state of North Carolina approved a constitutional amendment defining marriage solely as a union between a man and a woman, thus becoming the latest state to effectively slam shut the door on same-sex marriages. The amendment passed there with 61% of the vote in favor of the amendment to 39% against. North Carolina is the 30th state to adopt such a ban on gay marriage. It's, it was a sad day for the fellow Tar Heels and I. That day had begun for me, however, bursting with pride as I saw a post on my niece's, Megan's Facebook page that early Tuesday morning, morning had read this. Before you start arguing with someone about Amendment 1, remember what God has called us to do. Love one another. Regardless of your views, have some respect for others and their views. Just saying. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. This child is 17 years old. She's a senior in high school. And she's the third and final child of my only sister. I've been very close to my sister and her three children throughout their lifetime, particularly Megan. As a result of her post, she faced incredible scrutiny and judgment from some of her classmates and friends for having such open-minded liberal views basically having an opinion other than theirs. Megan sent me a text later in the evening, as she always does. We text every evening. And I asked her how her day had gone, and she replied, not so good. I said, yeah, I figure you'd take some heat for that post on Facebook this morning. She said, yeah, seems some people just don't understand how I cannot support the amendment. How can I, she said, since I love you. I texted her back. I appreciate you supporting me. It would be easy for you to ignore, just ignore this issue as it isn't yours. It takes a lot of guts to sacrifice yourself and to put yourself out there, risking the ridicule that could only, you could only imagine would ensue as a result. She said, of course I would support you. You and Kim are the most supportive and encouraging people in my life. Without you both, I'd be lost. You've opened my mind to a world full of love. You've taught me that love goes beyond a man and a woman. And although I'm not gay, I accept people who are because the people in my life I'm closest to in my family are. 
I love you and I accept you, regardless of the gender of the person you love. Now that'll preach, won't it? <laughs> Greater love hath no one than this, that a young lady would sacrifice herself for her aunt. Megan, at 17 years old, is putting into practice what Jesus was telling his disciples in our scripture lesson for today. Love one another, period. There are no disclaimers needed. Love sacrifices. Love gets, gives up what is easy for what is right. Love forgoes what is comfortable for what is just. What the world needs now is love, sweet love, the kind of sacrificial love my niece Megan has for me and all my gay friends. So love not only remains and sacrifices, but lastly, love gives. Jesus said near the end of the scripture lesson for today, You did not choose me, but I chose you. And I gave you this work to go and produce fruit, fruit that will last. Then Abba will give you anything you ask in my name. Jesus promised to give them anything they ask in his name. Jesus gave them the promise. Why? Because Jesus loved them. Jesus gives to us because Jesus loves us. Love, my friends, gives. Didn't the Apostle Paul say in 1 Corinthians 13, if I give everything I own to the poor and even go to the stake to be burned as a martyr, but I do not love, I've gotten nowhere. True love really does give. There's a story of a father who tell, tells a story about taking his eight-year-old daughter, Helen, and his five-year-old son, Brandon, to the Cloverleaf Mall in Hattiesburg, Mississippi, to do a little shopping. As they drove up, the man said, We spotted a Peterbilt 18-wheeler parked with a big sign on the front of it that said, Petting Zoo. The kids jumped out in a rush and asked, Daddy, Daddy, can we go? Please, please, can we go? Sure, I said, flipping them both a quarter before walking into Sears. They bolted away and I felt free to take my time looking, he said, for a scroll saw. This petting zoo consists of a portable fence erected in the mall with about six inches of sawdust and hundreds of kinds of little furry baby animals. Kids pay their money and stay in the enclosed enclosure enraptured with squirmy little critters while their parents get to shop. A few minutes later, he said, I turned around and saw little Helen walking along behind me. I was surprised to see that she had preferred the hardware department to the petting zoo. But recognizing my error, I bent down and asked her what was wrong. She looked at me with those big brown eyes and said sadly, Well, Daddy, it cost 50 cents, so I gave Brandon my quarter. She had given Brandon her quarter, and no one, he said, loves furry little creatures more than Helen. She had given sacrificially so her brother could experience something that she too had wanted to experience. But she loved her little brother enough that she wasn't about to not let him go in. So she gave up her spot for him. Love really does give. Love pays a price. It costs us something. Love is expensive. When you love, benefits accrue to another's account. Love gives. It doesn't grab. Her daddy said, Helen taught me a lesson that day. Love really does give. Jesus did the same for us. He gave his life so that we may have life, and not only life, but have that life in abundance. Love gives. What the world needs now is love, sweet love. Love that gives of self to help another. And I've learned these three things about love. That love remains, that love sacrifices, and that love gives. Not only from these scriptures, which I hold very dear, but because I grew up with a mother whose love for me was unparalleled in this life. My mother remained steadfastly beside me 
regardless of what was happening in my life. I told them this morning that when I came out to my mother, I was really nervous, as probably many of you are. And I was really concerned, and it, it took me a long time, actually, to come out to her. And I was mainly concerned not what she would think, but the scrutiny that, she would, ensue, that would ensue after people would know. And I was concerned about how they would treat her. So I never really told her, but I finally, and this is another story I'll tell you another time. I was out about the Bell South man, and that's a whole other story, but I'll tell you that some other time. But the man outed me, so I had to go home and tell my mother that I was gay. So I drove three hours home, and I sat in the room, and, and she looked at me like, what is wrong with you? And my girlfriend at the time had come with me, and I'd asked her to go shopping and leave us alone. And my mother loves to shop, and she's like, oh, let's go. And I was like, no, Mom, I really need to talk to you. And she's like... We, we don't talk, we shop, you know, why, why are you doing this thing? So when I finally came out to her, she had this huge look of concern on her face, and, and she said, what did you think I would say? And I said, well, Mom, I wasn't sure, but I remember when my first partner, when she came out, she had, she had came out in the midst of a school paper in, in seminary. She had written about liberation theology, and in the final paragraph, she came out as a lesbian saying how liberation, how, what liberation theology meant to her as a lesbian just finally coming out and her mother had, her mother had rejected her at that time and we were early 20s and her mother had said through her father to her don't call and don't come home and I told my mother the story and I told her that my my partner's father had asked me what what would your mother think and what would she say and I said Mr. Carver I'm really not sure what what she would say exactly, but I'm absolutely certain that she would never say, don't call and don't come home. And when I told my mother that story, she said, absolutely not. She said, you are my child and I love you. My mother has remained with me regardless of what has happened in my life. She sacrificed for me and my siblings on more occasions than I can even count and probably even more than I'm unaware. She gave so many things to me, but mostly my mother shared with me her love for Jesus and that has forever changed me. Thank you, Mom, for such an incredible gift. What the world needs now is love, sweet love. Love my mother taught me. Jesus ended this particular discourse with three words, love one another. Interestingly enough, it's my mother's favorite saying, and one she used all along our lives to remind us every time we weren't quite loving one another like we should, if you know what I mean. We were hardly liking each other, if truth be told. But we love one another when we remain with those we love, regardless of the situation and how difficult it may be. We love one another when we sacrifice for those we love, regardless of what it may cost us and the suffering that may ensue as a result. We love one another when we give of ourselves so others can, can and also know the abundant life that we have. I'm grateful that God loves me that much. It's the least I can do to love those with whom God has put me in contact. Yes, I'd have to say what the world needs now really is love. A love that remains. A love that sacrifices. A love that gives. Love, sweet love. May it be ours. Amen.